welcome to the Daring Author Podcast, the show that takes you behind the scenes of building a successful author business, bringing you inspiring interviews and information on writing and marketing ideas for your book so that you can build an easeful, empowering and profitable author business. I'm your host, Jenna Lee, owner of The Daring Press, a virtual marketing and support agency where we help indie authors who are ready to take their author business to the next level with more ease, growth, and time. You can find the episode show notes and a bunch of marketing resources at thedaringpress.com. Let's become daring authors by diving into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Daring Author Podcast. So welcome to the show, Lucy. Thank you. Can't wait to have a chat today. So to kick things off, um, tell us a little bit more about your writing journey so far. Okay, well, um, for your new viewers or listeners, my name is Lucy Smoke, and I actually have two pen names. I write contemporary romance under Lucy Smoke, and I write fantasy romance under Lucinda Dark. Uh, I actually started out with a fantasy reverse harem romance under Lucy Smoke. And then as I, you know, proceeded with my career and ended up writing different genres um, and learning new things, I decided to separate the two genres into two different pen names. Um, And it's been about five years since. Yeah, you've got like, it's so funny, like we've been like friends, I guess, for like four of those years and like just to see just to see the journey of your like writing career it's been so cool just to be part of it and just to watch you like really bloom into what yeah what you're writing today and just your confidence in terms of a writer and like just yeah it's so cool when you can go along with that journey and be inspired by like author friends I yeah I love that so much and it's been been up and down but it's yeah exactly Yeah, exactly. And that's what we like. That's what I want to talk about on this podcast is like, it's not, it's not as pretty as it looks on social media, right? Like it is a journey. For sure. Yeah. And it is a journey and like, you know, only a certain percentage, if you're really like committed to making an author career, like it's a lot of work and it's a business and we've got to start treating it like that. So yeah, I'm so excited to have a chat today about like, yeah, how you can market your backlist, which I think always comes up for authors. It's like, oh, I know how to market like new books because it's a new release and it's new, a new content and, you know, a new book. But like when it comes to backlist, it's like, oh yeah, I've got like 10, 20 books in the backlist, but I'm like not actually promoting it or doing anything about it. So like when um, marketing your backlist, like what are some of the best strategies that you've like experienced? So um, in regards to my backlist, I understand, um, and just to preface this, anybody listening or watching, like anything I say, any advice I give, anything I've done may not necessarily work for everybody, but these are just some things that I've done that have worked and haven't worked. um, And I'm continuing to evolve, continuing to learn. So I may throw some of these marketing strategies out later and try something different. Um, But so far, I think it's also important to note that I have like a 30 book backlist. I have a very extensive backlist for only being in the industry for five years. A lot of authors don't have that. A lot of them have like 10 books or less um, or only release like a book a year. And there's nothing wrong with that. So when I talk about 
um, basically like strategies to like really improve your backlist, I'm thinking in terms of multiple series that you have in your backlist. So for me, I have multiple series in various genres. I've got fantasy series, I've got contemporary series, um, and across the, across the board, I am a romance author. And so different strategies will work differently for different genres. Um, and some of the strategies that I have tried in the past is I've taken a novella series that I wrote that's really high spice. It's contemporary. It's very light and fluffy. It's not dark. And I've completely like reworked it. Excuse me. Um, what I mean by we re reworked it is that it was originally published as three different novellas and then the after story was published with the collection at the end of it. And what I did was I took all of it down, I recovered them and I split them up into two. So instead of having three novellas and then an after story included in the collection, I went through the entire series. I rewrote a lot of scenes. I added scenes. I got it all re-edited and then I put the novellas one and two together and three and four together. And then I put them into volume sets. Um, and the reason why I did this is because I noticed that I, I genuinely enjoy writing longer books um, and my readers have come to expect longer books from me. So when they got to this novella series, even though they love the spice, they were kind of thrown off by the shortness of how of the, like the difference in like sizing of these books. Um, because they weren't like 100K plus, which is what I'm used to writing. They were about 40K. Um, so I noticed that when I completely recovered it and put them into two like volumes, it made them much bigger. So they're actually like when, when people purchase paperbacks, they're actually a good size. They're not like these tiny little things. Um, and so that increased sales. And then of course, um, that's not like the only strategy you can use. But if you have like an older series that does really well or it did really well at first and no longer does well you can recover it give it a new life that's the great thing about publishing is especially if you write in like some evergreen uh genres like i think dark romance is evergreen sports romance is evergreen um really spicy stuff is evergreen so if you write anything like that you can mix and match and like give it a new cover. New covers is another way to strategize like reinvigorating an old series. Um, when you do a new cover though, um, what I recommend people do is that you do a push after you completely recover it. And the reasoning is that the old cover, like once the series stops making money or like drops drastically, it means that the old covers, although even if they're good, the old covers are no longer working. Everyone who would pick that series up because of the old cover has already done so. Um, and that was the case with this series. It was like two or three years after it released, the old covers weren't doing it anymore. I recovered it. And even people who have read it before will pick it back up because it has a new cover. It's a new interesting thing. It's not like, it's not necessarily a new story, but a new cover almost like not next, I don't want to say tricks readers, but it gives them the idea that it might be new. Like so they it brings it, it, yeah, it brings it back to life, right? It's like a yeah. new, you know, year, it was years ago and like it did really well, but like it just brings it back to life. And it's like, yeah, yeah. and that's a, that's a beauty of it. It's like this book can last a lifetime, but let's refresh it every couple of years and make it oh, absolutely. a big deal. Yeah, it's know? every couple of years is when you should be refreshing your series because um, once you, you've already done the work on them, so why not get 
as much as you can out of them. You've already done so much work and new releases are great, but new releases are also a really good way to reinvigorate your backlist. Cause I did notice when I published the sick boy series, which has been my best selling series, like since my like entire career, um, when I published that series, the rest of my books got a bump up because everybody mm. read the books, loved them and wanted to read everything else I had written. I'm going to stop you there and just to make a comment on that. Like, I remember when you uh, reached out to me and you're like, oh, I've got this series and I want it to do so well. And your mindset, like if I look at that now, like your mindset and you were like in this, like, yeah, like I want this to go so well. It is going to go so well, like that mindset. And then it actually happened. Like, how cool is that? Like actually putting that out there, not like, not like manifestation in like a spiritual way, but you know what I mean? Like if you put that out there and you've got that energy of like, yeah, I know, like this is so good and I'm, I know it's going to do so well. And like sometimes we do that and it doesn't, but like I just think just to put it out there of like mindset is everything in a lot of businesses and like, you know, you putting that out there and then it, for it to actually happen, like I just think, yeah, that is really, really good to like notice that. Yeah. I don't want to like destroy your image of me, but like when I released Sick Boys, like I was not confident in it. So a lot of that was faked. A lot of it was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is going to do terrible, but I did it anyway. But you so, want it like you had that heart. Like you were like, well, what you oh, I wanted me? it. I yeah. had the breed for it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And like, yeah, you've got to have that to be able to yeah, just, I don't know, mindset, mindset. I can do a whole podcast episode and a few on mindset because it is a big, big thing within this industry because it is so personal. It's like put your heart and soul into a book yeah. and then for it to people to judge it. It's like putting you on a stage and everyone being like, oh, I hate this about you or I love this or whatever it is. Like, yeah, it is hard, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to believe in yourself if you want other people to believe in you. Yeah. So that's just how I look at it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, sorry to cut you off on your no, little screen there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to talk about that. Um, yeah, so I think that's really great advice in terms of like, yeah, the recovering. I think that and like the looking back at the blurb and redoing the blurb. And I know you, because I was in the process, well, I am in the process of redoing that with my first series that actually did really well. And now it's like been years and I haven't put the love into it. And like you said, you gave me a great piece of advice of like doing recovers and blurbs and actually being able to um, unpublish and, you know, republish. Do you want to yeah talk about that of like that sort of strategy? Yeah. So when we were talking about your, your very first series, like my recommendation, my advice to you was uh, treat it like a new release. Like, cause there is this, and not very many people know about this, but on Amazon, if you, as long as you keep the title and the series the same, if you recover, you can actually unpublish an old series and re-upload it and republish it as if it's new um, and give it a new ISBN, ASIN. Um, you do have to contact Amazon and go through them and kind of like work things out with them to be like, hey, I, I am like re-releasing this. I've re-edited it. It's got a new cover, things like that. Um, but as long as the like the basis remains the same, the, like the titles, the series names, et cetera, you can do that. And what that does, like the whole giving it a new ASIN or ISBN is it reinvigorates the algorithm of Amazon to make it think that it's a new release. And so it will treat it like a new release. Um, and you can get the reviews like transferred over. And that's uh, what a lot of people's worries are. If like, you can't get yeah. the reviews from the old series to the new one. Um, but you, that's, that was 
you know, working with Amazon on that. And the reasoning you should treat it like a new release, especially since it's been so long, it's been what, like four or five years now, I think since you started that series. Yeah, yeah four years, yeah, yeah, four and a half yeah. years. And I mean, it's, I'm, from what I remember, I'm pretty sure it's like a reverse harem series too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. And reverse harem is like, has grown. It used to be like oh, a trend. <laughs> and now it's actually like a genre. I know, because I'm, I'm like, how, how long is this going to last? Quick, everyone get, everyone got on it. And then it's like, still so big and it, I love reading those books still like I'm like yeah, I, me too. It, it's like just a I don't know it's like fantasy in it's like realness of like this is never going to happen in real life but let's just read about it and <laughs> fantasize about it that way <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. um awesome so I'm going to switch gear and talk about now like what is the most important lesson you've learned in your writing career so far um there's a lot probably. (laughs) No, there's so many. Um, There really is so many. And I've already said one. One is like, you have to believe in yourself if you expect other people to believe in you. Um, For me, like one of those lessons is like, it's less creative and more business oriented because when I first started writing, I'm a very creative person. Like I did not know anything about business, do nothing about marketing, knew nothing about advertising. Like I was a creator not a business person, but for the people who last and do fairly well in this industry, you kind of have to wear multiple hats. You have to be the creator and you have to be the marketer and you have to be the advertiser and you have to be like your own manager, your own boss. So one of the lessons, the biggest lesson I think I've learned in this industry is that is like when to change hats, when to be the business person, when to be the creative person. And in business, there's like this saying, and they say, you know, people say, you know, it's like, oh, why did this person do this? I don't understand why they chose to go with this route. I don't understand. Like, and a lot of people get hurt, but at the end of the day, there's like the saying, it's like, it's just business, meaning nothing is necessarily personal in business. It's what's good for profit. What's good for marketing. What's good for the book series. What's good for me. Um, and at the same time, you know, business is a whole other realm. And then there's like, the mental health of being an author. It's really difficult. So that's another big lesson that I've learned is to not like, don't take advice from people that you, or don't take criticism from people that you wouldn't take advice from mm-hmm. because you're going to get criticized. End of the day, like there's going to be a whole hell of a lot of critics out there and that's yeah. fine. And I personally, like, I don't mind being criticized. I, in fact, I like it. I, I've, I've been through like a bachelor's program for English and a master's program for English. Grad students are mean. Okay. Like there and is everyone, nothing- it's like in real life, we're not friends with everyone because we don't gel with everyone. So not everyone's going to love our writing, our writing style, the genre. And like, that's, yeah, like it is hard going into it. Like you've got to have a bit like I've got like such type of skin skin. (laughs) because at the start it's like oh yeah you know this and then it's like oh shit some people don't like it like is that and then you take it personal it's like oh is that me and then all these your ego is just like yeah Mm. takes that on a ride and it's like oh at the end then now I'm just like you know what yeah if you don't like it that's cool I'm happy with that maybe I can grow like maybe I can take some advice from this in a in a positive way not so negative and being like oh maybe I could you know do better in this sense but like it's just yeah not taking it to heart because people out there yeah are not gonna like everything and that's just this yeah and that's 
that's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I mean, if yeah. everybody liked the same things and we wouldn't have all the uniqueness in the world that we do. So yeah. And like movies, I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me anymore when people are like, Oh, one star or zero stars. This is terrible. I'm like, okay, well I'm very yeah. objective about my work though. Yeah. I, I know which books of mine are good, like genuinely good. I know which books of mine are okay. And I yeah. know which books of mine are bad. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty objective. It doesn't get to my feelings anymore. Um, but that yeah. is like one thing is like the, if it's just business, it's just business. Don't take it personally yeah. and don't take advice from, or don't take criticism from people that you wouldn't take advice from. Yeah, exactly. And like, as we, as we grow as writers, like we get better as writers, right? Like our first book in most cases is our shittest book because it's like, that's the, that's the start of it. And like, you grow as an author with your writing, like that's, you know, and the best yep. part of backlist, you can, like, as you said, you can go back and you know redo the first series and you know because you were back four years ago you're a different writer now and how you've developed like oh yeah oh yeah for sure like you wouldn't think it's only it's like it's only been four or five years and that doesn't sound like a whole lot like a lot a lot of time but it changes you yeah it really does and I know like I I hate my first series like I look back and I'm like that's just some awful writing like I mm, I hate it great idea terrible execution but what's funny is I know a lot of popular authors whose series did really really well and I've talked to them and they're like yeah no I hate that series like I think I'm such a better writer now I'm so much better at my craft I do a much better job of like storylines and it's just interesting how we see ourselves versus how the public and the readers see us. Yeah, right. And even coming back to like marketing, it's like if they do think that that's not the best series, like, and I've I've experienced this too. Like, it's like, oh, you, there's some hesitation with marketing it because you fe- you feel it's not your best work, so you you want to promote like your very best work, so you focus on promoting yeah. particular titles, whereas like yeah the ones that you're not like yeah there's a bit of a disconnect there you know on those situations and you're I'm the same way like I don't promote my old my first series at all but I honestly should because I'm it's because we wear all those different hats sometimes we need to take a step back from our own writing and be like okay I am not the author anymore I'm the marketer I have this product how am I going to put it out there yeah exactly and we like going back to what you said like we wear so many hats. Like if you looked at like a overall business and like they have like a design team, they have a marketing team, they have a, you know, writing team. Like that, do all that for them. Admin, like everything where like when you start a business, you have to do everything. Like, you know, you have to be all these different things and it can be quite overwhelming and it can be like, but I'm not a market, like I'm not this and I'm not that, but like, yeah, to start it off, you have to wear all those hats and work out and like build out your business that way. And then you can look at, you know, outsourcing when you feel that you have the systems and structures and everything set up, you know, do a whole podcast episode on this in terms of like, yeah, when is the right time to hire? Because you've got to have your shit together and you've got to have like how you do things so that you're able to bring someone in that is going to support you in the right area that you actually need that support in and that is going to be supportive and help you grow even further, you know? Yeah. 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 No, that's a really good topic and a really good like way to look at it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You should do like a, 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 an interview or something on that because that is a really important topic for especially new authors to know about. 
yeah yeah when is the right time to hire because it's like mm-hmm. yeah when is the right time it's like yeah I don't know but yeah definitely we'll be doing an episode on that um all right so now back to like if there's an author listening who has a backlist but they're unsure about like where to start like what would you suggest based on what you've talked about like the strategies before what would be like the best place to like start the process I guess um, so if they have a decent size back and by decent size backlist, that is a range. Like I don't like a decent size backlist depends on the person. Like for me, my decent size backlist is 30 books for somebody else. It could be five to 10. That's totally fine. Um, my recommendation is to look at the data, look at your sales, um, look at like, when did, is the series still maintaining like what it did when it first released? Did it stop? Did it drop off? Um, another thing is like, is it a completed series? So there are a lot of questions, a lot of variables when you want to repush your backlist. Um, if a series is completed and has been completed for a couple of years, I'd say it's probably not making what it did when it first released. So that would be like within like two to three years afterwards, I think that's a good time to go ahead and like either change the covers, change up the blurbs, um, and then put, put new ads out, um, get some promotions, um, try to get a book bub. Uh, also, I feel like I should note that I am a primarily Kindle unlimited author. So most of my stuff, like a good 90% is on, um, Kindle unlimited. I do have stuff that are wide. I have about five, five to six books that are wide. Um, but that's a topic everyone's talking about right now, right. Of going wide. It's yeah. It's, it's smart. It's smart to go wide because you don't want to place all your eggs in one basket. But at the same time, it's not easy. It was easier five years ago, 10 years ago. So a lot of the authors that are wide right now that are like pushing for wide, be wide, you should be do wide. They've been wide for a while and they've already built up the income that they have wide. Um, and then at the same time, if you like me, like you, I think you're still in Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. Um, we've both been in Kindle Unlimited since the beginning. And Kindle Unlimited is great for beginning authors. It really, really is. Um, but since we've been in it since the beginning, our readers, our audience members, the people who found us all found us on Kindle Unlimited. So it's going to be really difficult for us to go wide when the primary, like the primary like base of our readership yeah. is a Kindle Unlimited like oriented readers um and there's pros and cons to both wide people and Kindle Unlimited readers but that's just a completely different topic yeah we'll we'll do another episode on that yeah (laughs) that's something a little that would take much longer to discuss than just exactly knowing when to change up your backlist and fix it um well I don't want to mean like not like fix it because it's not broken but reinvigorate it give it a new life yeah exactly yeah and not being afraid of that, of, of like, you know, that's, it's good. Like, and think of the positives of that, of like, you know, what's going to happen in terms of re giving it new life. Like it's going to be, you know, create more hype. Like you can do a whole marketing plan on this in terms of like working out, okay, let's look three months down the track or like, okay, this is what we're going to do to be able to promote this and set up your ads and set up all these different things because it's like a new release. Like it's a new you know, new covers, new blurb, like it's, you know, or if you rework a bit of it, like promoting that, you know, it's got added scenes that you've never, you know, if you have read this, it's got added scenes that you haven't read before. And that like creating that hype again and bringing it, yeah, bringing it back to life, like that can do, it's exciting. Like, I think there's no, 
no negativity at all around that because it's an exciting opportunity to be able to bring it back, you know? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And the great thing about being indie publishers is that we get the choice. We can decide to do something and if it doesn't work, we can switch it right back. That's why it's so like, it's not really like a risk because if you change your covers and you change your blurb and you put it out there again and it drops in sales, you can quickly take down those old, like those new covers, put the old ones back up, change the blurb back to what it was. And it's like, you're fine. Yeah. So like we've you've got, the- we've got all the control, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, well, we've got most of the control, but yeah, um, yeah but exactly. uh, yeah. So that's like the, that's the great thing about this is like, it's not really like a risk to you because if you don't like it or if readers don't like it, you can switch it right back to what it was. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, yeah, I've absolutely loved our chat today. Thank you for coming on the show. And if our if the, auth- if the authors listening want to follow along, where can they find you? Um, oh, on my platforms and things like that? Yeah, yeah. They can find me pretty much anywhere. Like my website is just lucysmoke.com. Um, my Instagram, I think is author Lucy smoke. I also have a reader group on Facebook called reader mafia. It's got my name in it. And after the colon, um, I'm just Lucy smoke, Lucy underscore smoke on Twitter. Like it's pretty base all yeah. the way around. Like, and TikTok, you're doing amazing things on TikTok. Everyone Yeah. Yeah. I get I get a lot of comments on my TikTok. Yeah, because you're you're just yourself. Like you 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 know you've you found your style. You found who you are. Like and that's when it comes to video and like finding who you are. Like you, you come across authentic because you just uh, you add your you add your like humor and like who you are as a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like I come across as authentic and I, I didn't realize that some people like develop a personality for like social media. This yeah. is just who I am all the way around. And people are like, Oh yeah, you have such a great social media personality. And I'm like, I'm just weird. And y'all think I'm joking. So <laughs> that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just me. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you for coming on the show and yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Daring Author Podcast. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And if you are ready to grow your author business with the support of the Daring Press, book in your free discovery call today before places fill up. We'll see you in the next Daring episode.